The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked, where the disciples were, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples said to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in his, into the nail marks, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now, a week later, the disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, although the doors were locked, and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. And bring your hand and put it into my side. And do not be unbelieving, but believe. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you come to believe because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. Now Jesus did other, many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. But these are written that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that through, through this belief you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning, everybody. And of course, Happy Easter. Remember, as Catholics, it's like Christmas. It's not just a day. Easter is not a, just a day. It's an entire season. So we're always saying Happy Easter to everybody. So Happy Easter. And so, as we continue to celebrations, before we dive into these amazing readings, just a couple announcements. Jessica echoed it, but it's always good to, to repeat it. So I'll be away all next week, finally taking my Easter break. And so as Jessica said, there won't be any daily Masses. I know many of you come to daily Mass. So there just won't be any daily Masses. But if there are any emergency sacramental needs, you know, oftentimes, sometimes people need the last rites. I already spoke to the pastor in Quincy, 
And so if there are any emergency sacramental needs, he'll be happy to come all the way over here. So again, if any emergencies come up, someone needs the last rites, I already spoke to Father Sal, and he'd be happy to come and, and be here. I'm not going anywhere special. There's actually a group of priests of us, about five of us. We're, uh, we're all taking our break at the same time. We're going to go north of Susanville, and we're just going to go out to the middle of the desert and just find a random <laughs> place with no people around and just intensely pray. That's all we're going to do. We're just going to, we're going to have mass there, adoration, and just pray and just grow in our, in our relationship with Jesus Christ in the middle of absolutely nowhere. That just sounds amazing <laughs> to me. So, so pray for me as you'll be in my prayers as we go and re- recuperate after Holy Week. Secondly, Community Supper is back. As many of you have been, uh, it's mostly Portola, but we had a shutdown community supper that last Wednesday of every month where the whole community, it was amazing. It was originally started to help the poorest of the poor among us, our community, but it drew people from all walks of life and it became a pivotal social event for the entire town of Portola. And so it's back. And if you do attend, uh, please join us. It's next Wednesday and we'll have community supper and it's back. And so it's so many people, non-Catholics alike, were always coming up to me. Father, when are you going to start community supper again? We miss it. It's back after, gosh, almost two years now. It's amazing. So that is back. But let's get down to these readings. In the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You recognize this image to my left. It's a famous image. This is the image of the divine mercy, which the church celebrates this weekend. This is the most, this is the fastest spreading devotion in the entire 2,000 year history of the church, right here. It's actually recent. When it was finally approved by John Paul II, the moment this, this hit the, the scene, it spread like fire all across the globe. That's why I'm, I'm telling you, if you go to a random church in the middle of Africa, you go to some random church in Asia, wherever in the most remote places the church is, more often than not, you'll see this image of divine mercy. I remember as a kid, my parents put this up in our hallway, which led to my bedroom. And as a kid, I just stare at it oftentimes. No, I just walk into my room, as a, and I couldn't quite grasp it as a little kid yet, and I just stare at it. I'd look at it like, who's that guy? What's going on here? Why is there light radiating from his heart? What's he doing? And I, so this is my first memory of, of Catholicism, in fact. The image of the divine mercy. What is going on there? John Paul II, two popes ago, he emphasized that in the church, that the first weekend, the first Sunday after Easter Sunday, He promulgated that this Sunday be divine mercy. Again, why? We just celebrated on Easter the beautiful, joyous resurrection of Jesus Christ. Christ raised from the dead. He's no longer dead. The tomb is empty. He's alive. We celebrated that that last Easter. Which now brings to the question, what difference does that make? So what? Does it have any real practical impact on my life here and now? And as Christians, we say, absolutely yes. 
And so Christ now, the Pope, now wanted to focus on Christ's mercy as a practical application of, of the resurrection. And when we begin to see the historical context of this profound image, you begin to understand the implications of this. But let's take a step, a few steps back. Because the divine mercy happened on February 22nd. Christ revealed himself mystically to a young Polish nun by the name of Sister Faustina Kowalska. She was a simple nun, and Christ revealed himself to her. And he says to Sister Faustina, I want you, as I reveal myself to you, I want you to paint an image of what you see. And this is what Sister Faustina had commissioned painted in 1931 around that time period. But before that, take a few decades back. May 13th, 1917. Our Lady of Fatima now appears to three shepherd children who are in the middle of the field just doing nothing. They're just in the middle of the fields, just tending their, their little flock. And the Blessed Mother would appear. And this apparition of Our Lady of Fatima Again, it ranks one of the most pivotal religious events in church's history. And Our Lady of Fatima would have a message for the world. And she simply said, Pray for sinners. Pray for people who do not believe. Because if humanity does not repent and come back to God, a more horrendous war will follow. Because what was happening in 1917, we're in the midst of World War I. Remember, that was supposed to be the war to end all wars. And in that, during that war, you have to remember, humanity had begun to use our genius and to conduct war on a scale unseen before. We invented nerve gas. The machine gun was now used. And so we were able to kill one another at a rate at an unfathomable rate. Millions upon millions of our sons, daughters died. And so in the midst of that, Our Lady of Fatima told the shepherd children, pray for sinners because if humanity does not come back to God, something worse will follow this. When the, when the news began to spread throughout Portugal, of course, people said, you kids are crazy. What are you talking about? You're so superstitious. Things like that don't happen in the scientific era. The Virgin Mary appears. Prove it. And then what followed after would probably be the largest event or miraculous event witnessed when in front of 70,000 people, 70,000 all claimed they saw this what's called now the miracle of the sun, where it said that the sun began to dance in the sky, began to move and, to, and to, to come at the thousands of people. And this crowd was packed with believers and non-believers, anti-church people, you name it. That was 1917. Did humanity heed the word? No, we did not. 
Jump now to Our Lady uh, to, to the Divine Mercy. Jesus appears to Sister Faustina in 1931. Why Poland? Why to a Polish nun? Poland is insignificant. It's just a random Eastern European country. Mercy, 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 O Lord said. I want humanity to turn back to my mercy. September 1938. Suddenly on the horizon, the Nazi tanks appear. They invade Poland. And of course, we all know the story well of what the brutality of the Nazis would bring. In fact, Poland, can many say, was the epicenter of much of the barbaric vileness of the Nazis. That's where they would have Auschwitz, where it was the most efficient camp. And again, they killed on a scale unfathomable before. So the Nazis came and took over Poland. And then by 1948, the, the Nazis would be defeated. And the Polish people thought, ah, finally, we're free. We're free from the brutality of the Nazis. Hitler is defeated. We're finally free. But what happened next? Upon the horizon, new tanks appear. The Soviet Union now. The communists would now begin to spread their cancerous ideology. By the way, Our Lady of Fatima would say, and going back, I want to link the two events. Our Lady of Fatima would say that if we do not, because part of the message of Fatima was to pray for the conversion of Russia, because if Russia was not converted, they would spread their error all throughout the globe. Did that happen? Absolutely it happened. Researchers would say that communism would result in over 100 million people dead. 100 million. That's a, I, I throw that number out there. It's so hard to comprehend. I'm just like, 100 million, what is that? After Mass on the, last night at the vigil, I had two people come up to me in tears. One was because he remembered his mother was part of that. His mother fled Poland because of the Nazis, and he was weeping in tears because he remembered the stories of his mother. Another gentleman, he's from Yugoslavia, German-speaking, who had to flee as well. He's part of the refugees that fled after, after the Nazis came. And he came up to me, he says, Father, I remember all of that. Sometimes when we share these stories, we think, oh, it's just, it's just, it's just in the book. We have parishioners who lived through that. And so, the, so, so now the Soviet Union replaces this. The last century, World War I, World War II, the rise of these authoritarian regimes was an attempt now, and we're still undergoing this experiment right now, was an attempt to build a world without God. That's what we're doing right now, by the way, too. Western civilization is attempting to create a society that has no anchor in the divine. How do you think that experiment will end? 
We see the symptoms now, by the way. And here comes the beauty why the divine mercy is utterly key. With, the reason why I'm laying out these historical facts is I want to set it in context. Because in the last century, we attempted to create a world without God. And the result was piles upon piles of corpses. You think of Adolf Hitler, Stalin, Karl Marx, you think of Mao Zedong, all of these people who said, I can create a world without God anymore. We don't need him. And in the midst of all of, of, of man's pride, Christ now reveals himself. Mercy. Three times in the gospel today, it's, oh, look at our Lord, the beauty and power of our Lord, who's so merciful. He says, peace be with you. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. I want to ask, do you, you and I want peace? Do you want peace in the world? Of course, all of us will say, absolutely. Do you want peace in your home? Absolutely. Do you want peace in the parish? Do you want peace between relationships between husband and wife, between kids and, and parents and cousins and brothers and sisters? Do you and I want peace? Every single one of us will say, yes. But how will that happen? Today, the gospel reveals how. Uh, last Friday, I drove all the way down to Tahoe City. I drove all the way down to Tahoe City. It's about an hour and a half drive from Portola. And I drove all that way, spending about $500 worth of gas, by the way. <laughs> it was over $6 in Tahoe. It was nuts. I drove all the way down to Tahoe City to go to Corpus Christi Catholic Church. It's a nice little church. It's on, it's on prime real estate. It sits right on the, near the shore of Lake Tahoe. It's beautiful. And I went there to see my brother, priest, Father Francis Stevenson. I drove all the way there because I needed to go to confession. I needed to go. I drove all the way over there. Threw my, myself at the feet of this priest. said, Father, bless me for I have sinned. Why did I spend all that gas money, spend three hours of driving to go all the way to Tahoe Sea? It is because we as priests have the authority to forgive your sins. People hear that, they're like, how dare you say that? It's right here. As Catholics, why do you go to, to priests to forgive your sins? It's right here in the gospel. Now, beautifully, our Lord says, Jesus now appears in one of the first in the gospel account when he's revealing himself as a risen Lord. He goes to the first priests, the apostles, and he says to them, show them his hands and his, and, and his side. And he said that he breathed on them. That word breathe in, in the original Hebrew is already profound because that word there is ruchah. Jesus ruchad into his apostles. That word is used when God in Genesis chapter 1 would create Adam and Eve. When God would, would form Adam from the clay of the earth, it said that God breathed into his nostrils. 
That same word is ruhah. And so the gospel writer here in John would, would connect the two events. That Christ breathed on the apostles and gave them the audacity to forgive the sins of his people. Why? Because I'm better than you? No. Why? Because I, I'm smarter than you? No. Because I'm holier? Absolutely not. I'm not better than you. Yet Christ gives the priests, us broken men, the authority to forgive your sins if you're repentant. Ah, oh, beautifully. Our Lord now, in the beautiful image of the divine mercy, notice his left hand is on his heart, his other hand raised in the blessing, radiating from his heart two rays of light, one white, which represents the cleansing waters of baptism where you and I are reborn. The red, representing his blood, by which our Lord will give of himself in the Holy Eucharist, his, his very body and blood, the sacraments of reconciliation and healing. Christ's hand raised up. When I went to my brother priest, Father Francis, you know what he did? And by the way, we're all trained in seminary to do this. When you go to confession, you don't see me in this little room back here, but my hand is raised over your head like this. Just like Jesus in the image of divine mercy. And when I say those beautiful words, and I absolve you from your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, oh, my hands are raised like Christ's. Yo te asuelvo de todos tus pecados en el nombre del Padre, del Hijo, del Espíritu Santo. Oh, at that moment, we're free. Oh, I ran from Corpus Christi. I drove all the way to what's called Common Beach. The word doesn't quite encapsulate the beauty of that place. I ran out there. The shoreline was covered in snow. Because they had just received, they said, eight inches in Tahoe. It was beautiful, fresh snow. And I started walking out there to shore, the beautiful Lake Tahoe expanse, and the clouds were just perfect. And I said, oh, my soul looks like this now. Scripture says that our souls in, in Christ is as white as a driven snow. If you and I want peace, we must first receive the mercy of God for ourselves. We must first encounter mercy first. Peace will not happen in the world unless we are first converted. You want to change the world? You want peace in Ukraine right now? You know the greatest thing you can do? You want peace in your family? You want peace in our town? You want, you want to heal the divisions of our country? Right here. And go to confession. Be reconciled to God first. And then what, after that, what happens? And then God's mercy will flow. The last century was man's attempt to do it apart from God. That endeavor will fail. Only in Jesus Christ will we find peace. There's no other way. We've tried it. We've tried it. That is why Christ in the divine mercy, and I'll end here on this final note. Jesus is walking towards you and me. 
His feet is moving towards you. Again, why? Because we're always hiding. We're always playing hide and seek with God, but God is like one of those. He's like our parents. We play hide and seek with our parents. They always find us. Right? They're always better than us at hide and seek. And Jesus is coming after us. All of us who are always hiding from our sins. Like, ah, you can't hide from me, our Lord says. So we must turn to him. God's divine mercy.